kind of talking and mingling. Um, but I do recall, because I wanted to kind of address the title, Barrel and Flow was Black, Black AF, which uh, Barrel and Flow have po- has posted now that they are the number one uh, beer festival in per USA, to, USA Today and per us and probably a whole lot of other people. Um, how do you feel? Because previously with the, I guess I'm going to say well, 20, in 2021, with the issues at Hofbrauer and all that crazy stuff going on and the backlash, people negatively trying to deem this being an only Black beer festival. It was just for Black people. Can white people come? Well, of course, it's a beer festival. And so the turnaround was, this is a beer fest. This is not, it's supported in celebrating people of color that are in the beer industry, as well as collaborating with breweries in the Pittsburgh area to showcase that, yes, we do these things. We, we do beer. We, we do these things. And um, so he had to kind of, I don't want to say downplay, but uh, highlight more of it's a beer festival first. And by way of Black people. So how do y'all feel about it being now we have the stamp of approval to loudly and proudly say barrel and flow is black as fuck. How do y'all feel about that? Or have y'all always felt that way? Oh, I always felt that way. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Yeah, I agree. I always felt that way too. I mean, because no matter what, I mean, the, the empty, I guess the focuses on us but i mean a lot of times you can't once it's like i think like um brandon said in one of the workshops we we make things cool so when things is cool more everybody's going to come regardless so y'all corrected me if a while ago in this room when i was like it but i always felt that way and it's it's a to me it's a black beer festival yes we have collaborations yes everyone is allowed to come but this is like she said a family reunion yeah, but it was, you know, with all the issues that were going on, he had, uh, Day was kind of, um, you know how you are, somebody's interviewing you and they're putting it, m- making the, and well, and making the assumption that, oh, it's just for black people. And no, it, it's not. So now, you know, with all the collective here saying it, just like I, just like I say it, that I think it's a black event. Now he has this ability to say it without any reservations that it is black AF. So I wonder how y'all felt about that. Because he would, I mean, I've listened to interviews previously where he would have to correct whoever the um, person was. I think it was always a person that he was correcting. Uh, they was just, you know, being white and just just because we put the word white, black in front of it, 
makes they try to make it seem like we're being exclusive to white. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, exclusive to white people. So I and all his, I just think it was just them either trying to be messy or really they brains just really mix up stuff in their head because you know and i always i like applaud day for always being his authentic self and always he does not mind correcting someone whether it's like a taped interview or live he'll he'll correct it instantly mm-hmm. okay. so what do y'all think oh jerry did you have something no uh, Hannah hit it. She uh, she brought it. She brought it home, and she that on that all I say is amen. Exactly. <laughs> so with that said, what do you think was the blackest AF moment of the weekend? Personally, there was no moment that I felt personally that I felt was, quote, blacker than another. Again, for me, it's kind of what I started my post on when I put it on uh, NTX Peer. It, it really is the intentional inclusivity for me. You know, um, I automatically feel connected in a special way when I come to Barrel and Flow. So there's not one event that feels blacker than another event. Um, I love seeing the collabs. I love seeing the the, the different collabs. I mean, I, I one thing I failed to mention on my um, page was the Spice collab that um, Brew and Feed had with Uncle Sleepy, mm-hmm. and just things like that. I just I, I love just that spirit of collaboration with these uh, the variety of organizations and breweries and stuff like that. So I just for me, it's kind of black all the way through. I don't really feel like anything steps into something else. I think this year probably could have been blacker. Not to say compared to other because we were able to be extra black in multiple spaces from Tuesday through Sunday. (laughs) So, you know, usually everything has started either on like Friday. But, you know, these breweries, now that they're making it almost like a week of things to do, we were black all in there. You know, of course, you know, I don't, I'm not, uh, like with Trace, Trace is always very inclusive. So not including them, but going to some of the other places like uh, Brew Gentlemen, I was able to come for that on uh, Tuesday. Um, I didn't get to make, you know, the Wednesday event. But um, but yeah, but being able to be black black as fuck from Tuesday through through Sunday in Pittsburgh, I think that it it was just it was just a great time. Um, this is Dave. Uh, I'm on my sister's account. The blackest moment was the spades game at the at the at the after party. Uh, the other blackest moment for me was the um the after brunch uh meal that we have at burgers um we kind of ran into a a a karen moment because it was about 32 of us at at burgers and i guess like a party of like 15 came and like tried to access 
you know, hey, you guys going to be over soon. We would like to sit right here. We're not leaving. <laughs> We're staying. Like Burgers would have five people in there. And then we came and filled the whole place up. And this was after the brunch. So it was like, yeah, that's Spade's game taking over Burgers. Blackest moments ever. Okay. So I have one question. Hold on, coffee. So, so did you play Spades with Al? Yeah, we put it was Al, and then I forget the young lady's name that was Al's partner, and me and T.O. was partners. I, I told him I didn't want none of that smoke. I was like, nope, you're not going to get, I'm not going to get my feelings hurt because I haven't played Spades in forever. So, okay, I'm glad that that game went ahead and got jumped off. All right, coffee. Um, for me, it was the uh, the bottle share for sure, because like the music that was playing and the swag surfing and dancing, that's always like to me a quintessential like blackness, like just having fun together. Then also the after party at the hotel, the smell that was in the air, <laughs> like yes, those were the two blackest moments to me because it was just it was a kickback. Yeah. So that would have been my my black the most blackest AF moment was because from the previous year to where we were way over on the other side of the world and they called security and everything on us. Well, I don't think we were even playing the music loud. Just, and it wasn't that many people. I would say maybe 12, 15 people if that because people were coming, going in and coming back out. To be at that hotel last year compared to this hotel right in the front tents smells as we put it drinking smoking and whatever i think that was the blackest moment ever in front of a freaking marriott yeah that surprised me i thought we was i was telling people we was on, on floor two i thought right. we was, i was like oh we on floor two and then we're like uh no we're downstairs i was like oh okay never mind and it wasn't yeah. even legal. If it was a legal state, it wouldn't matter. But like that's black as F A F to me. Yes. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty wild. It was pretty so cool. let me can I add just one quick thing on the music? Um, I, if that's the case, then I have to really appreciate what Honey Rocks gave me at um, Necromancer because she's giving me she was giving me like house flips of like some a variety of songs she, there was a lot of time spent in some beyonce stuff but there was some other flips of songs that with these house beats and i was like okay i'm i'm really i, I appreciate that i'm feeling it uh i, I just appreciate it because i just don't hear it as much um and as well as the jazz that i heard at the festival um because again when it comes to our musical expression hip-hop is fantastic and this is the 50th year of hip-hop i totally get it and we have other music that we enjoy too. So I appreciate oh, it. Yes. So yeah, um Jerry, I we were looking for you. We were like, well, where is Jerry at? So I know that Necromancer must have did something because you're never late for anything. So when they kept you hostage and you were willing to be a, a willing vessel there because you didn't want to leave, I knew it had to be amazing. Um and yeah, going back on the music as well, I know they did a collab, but Nashville, uh, her name, I think her name is Janae. I just happened to see her in VIP and I, uh, I was like, 
you are one of my top memories from last year. Um, she's a local artist of, in Nashville and does uh, a lot of basically rock and you know covers with a rock flair to it, which I always thought was that was a highlight of um, of last year. And unfortunately, because we had a storm, we didn't get to see who the headliner was for this year. But yeah, anybody else uh, want to highlight what they felt was the blackest AF moment to them? We had a we had a go go hour over by our tent, um, so everybody that was in the DMV already knew what what was up. Dang. Okay. Anybody else? All right. So, excluding the brewers that are in the audience, what was either your top one, or if you can decide, your top three beers that you tried? And I'll put it to you this way. Someone who didn't go. You need to find XYZ beer. If I, I didn't go to Barrel and Flow, you tell me what your top one or top three beers were that I need to try to figure out and get in search of. I'll go first. <laughs> so one of the it was actually a cider that i had i think I, I i was trying it with hannah it was a um collard green and watermelon 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 rind and another uh herb it was very clean and refreshing very different not what i would expect um using uh, collard greens. My second one, which was um, with Mac and King, is it King Fly? That collaboration, I tried uh, the limoncello and then I tried the orange liqueur. Then when I got the beer, Mac told me to go back and said, try the orange liqueur. So guess what I did? I went and got, I took my beer, got some more of the orange liqueur and did a, a a bomb and just added it to my beer and made it even more amazing that was um the second one that i had and that those are the two that really stand out in my head that i really recall um that's the downside to uh beer festivals everything goes into one kind of time warp of beer so you have to really do something magnificent for me to remember it's like everything was good but this one stood out anybody else i didn't make it around the whole festival <laughs> did you drink it that really stand out in my head that i really recall um that's the downside to uh beer festivals Everything goes into one kind of time warp of beer. So you have to really do something magnificent for me to remember. It's like everything was good, but this one stood out. 
Anybody else? I didn't make it around the whole festival. <laughs> Did you drink any while you were there? It was all a dream. No, um, Hannah's, I really oh. enjoyed. <laughs> and um, thank you for giving me some cans to take home. So me and Jimmy are going to have some later. But I definitely enjoyed Hannah's. Um, what else did I really enjoy? I really enjoyed the um, the one we had at Trace the night before. I also enjoyed Liquid Intrusions and Imani's beer. So I enjoyed a lot of them. I can't say what I enjoyed the most. But I didn't have any that I really didn't like. No, that's fair enough. Liquid Intrusions beer almost had me thinking I was crazy because I'm drinking it, right? And I get the collab and I'm walking down to the next one. Then I get to the next booth and I'm talking and I'm just drinking my beer. Then I was like, why am I so hot? I was like, is this beer spicy? And then I was like, and then the lady was like, did you drink the one next to it? I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, it got a little spice to it. I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, good. Cause I was like, I thought I was going to have a hot flash or something, but I was like, usually I don't like spicy beers, but I actually had more and I am looking forward to, I just put all my beers in the refrigerator to try that one again, like a full can. But then I did, I really did like that watermelon collard green cider. Uh, I may not drink of like I may not drink of like a full pint or something of it, like. But mm-hmm. what I had was very refreshing, and from what I re- also what I remember for it was like also a lot. I loved uh, where Alero was with War Cloud, and the option of getting a beer with like the tahini and the chamoy. I think rim. And trying that version again, another spicy drink I put myself into. It was it was actually good and cool, and I like also how they made sure they brought a different plastic glass cup just for that beer if you wanted it, so they wouldn't mess up your beer on flow glass. I think there's a whole side that I missed because I'm looking at pictures and I don't remember seeing work quite at all. I don't know how I missed them. Anybody else? Top one, top three faves. John Max, Max Last of the Mohicans was so doggone deceptive. I'm sitting here and tasting the lemongrass. I'm like, oh, that's really refreshing. You know, and I, I know, I know who I'm dealing with with, with, with Mac. And I'm, I'm like, going, okay, this tastes like it's like nice 5.5%. You know, it's just really refreshing. He said, no, it's 14. Shut up. I know you fucking lied. I know you are lying. And so, of course, when I added the Kingfly Spirits, I said, okay, you now taking it up. That that I guess that stuck out only because it truly, its flavor and, you know, with the, the heat of the day, it was something that I did not expect that it would be that big. Um, and it just was deceptive. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I, that's deceptive time right there. Um, you know, Hannah had... Uh, delicious cider one, delicious cider two, pineapple. <laughs> That's just how I it described it to some of the people who came to our booth. Um, because both of those were, were really good. Um, uh, I enjoyed the Belgian ale that Bruin Feed had. I um, enjoyed the 
ill that uh, the army had the Belgian ale with the lemon zest and the basil. I thought that was really very flavorful with uh, their common melanated uh, uh, with the attic. That was really very good. Um, I really enjoyed what um, Shannon did with Grist House, especially the fruit bite. In fact, there was a young woman that was there right next to me. And she said, that fruit bite is everything. And she said it with conviction. I said, I, I need to try that fruit bite. Because she said that with like, don't, don't do anything else. You do that. And I said, you know what? She was, she was on the money on that. that was, that's really good. So yeah, I, I had a lot of, of really fun beers that, that stood out. And uh, I, I would agree with um, coffee. I didn't have anything that was just sort of like, mm, OK, that didn't exactly like something didn't live up to something. It's just that there were there were some other like shining lights uh, that mm -hmm. happened as well. So, anybody else? Yeah, I will have to go into the, the to the same thing. One, I tried to and I guess intentionally try to get to the some of the collabs that were like first timers. So I I, I did go over to the the Shannon and and Gris House and um, but I had the caution because I'm into my light beer uh, old man face. So I enjoyed that one. Um, cause that was pretty crisp, but I've always enjoyed, which is probably the reason that I don't get to all of them. That I try to get to as many as I can is because they're all, they've all been good. I've never had a, a beer of Zayat. That's not that. So I enjoy, always enjoy all the beers I've, I've tasted. I mean, cause I just like drinking beer and I think some of the creativity that some of the, a lot of the recipes were, um, with melanated masher, mashers and what they did. And even with the, um, the Love City beer that, which was with the with the, the man, the Manhattan was interesting. Um, the collard greens and, and obviously the collard greens and and uh, the watermelon was something that was you just had to go taste because it's like it, it sounds terrible, but <laughs> it, it was actually not too bad. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Well, do um kind of going back to what everyone's saying that basically we've had pretty nice consistency with beers and everything. Do you think that this year people have kind of leveled up? Now we're kind of you know especially people who have done it uh, more than once, doing something to be more creative or just wanted to have like a nice beer. So I'm gonna ask the folks in the room. So for Mac, Sheldon, Andrew, Hannah, when y'all get ready, not only for Barrel and Flood, but period, when you do a festival and it's gonna be a long one like this one is, do y'all try to think of something just this is where I can be wild and crazy? Or do you try to go for, okay, let's be consistent and have something that we know is going to work? Do you play it safe or not? I feel like from being involved in other fests, I feel like this one is the most kind of, I guess, freest, like that maybe people mm -hmm. could, you know, play around with certain things. It also put a black people twist on it because, like, collard greens and watermelon cider, like, who 
you're not gonna see that at no white people festival. And there are like certain things I think, and it's also giving these collaborations a chance to do a little, you know, a little flair that um, that they probably may have not have done. And then, and if they have, and then if they put it in cans, which is even uh, even more dope, you know, because it gives that opportunity to see like, yo, like we're trying different things, and and it went over well. Okay. Anybody else? Sheldon, Andrew, Mac, Atifa. Y'all playing it safe? Oh, I can go. Um, so. For me personally, this was my second festival ever, um, and yeah, my first time at Barrel and Flow, so I didn't really know what to expect. Really, I was just basically pulling like photos and videos that I seen from the one from last year. And in the beginning, I was pretty anxious because I'm like, "This is a big thing," and because the moment I got those two styles, the blood orange saison, white chocolate, um, blonde stout. And I'm like, all right, I hope everyone likes it. And then as time went by, I'm like, all right, cool. I ain't got to be so uptight. I can just do whatever I want. Still at the same time, be professional. But I mean, yeah, it's it's a really good time you can do. You just relax a lot there. Mm-hmm. Right there. Yeah, y- y'all are in a good spot, too. Right there, you know, uh, in that little quad where if I decide I don't want to get up anymore, just I'm just trying to just... Let me have let me have another one. Let me have another one. <laughs> yeah, that's how it was sometimes. Like there was this one guy, I guess, because people were starting to um break down. He would just kept getting more and more to say. So I'm like, all right, I'm not stopping you. Come on, I can't leave until everyone else leaves. That's cool. Um, I don't know. Sorry, Angie. No. If anyone got a chance to try. Um, I believe this was his first fest. His name is Ren. It was Melanated Meadery. His meads were, and I can't honestly say I'm very like knowledgeable of meads, but his meads were amazing that I got to try. Yeah, his. Yeah, I got to taste a little bit at the uh, at the um, bottle share. I, I didn't get I didn't get to his booth after that, but I did taste it at he he um made a point to come over and, and, and share it with me. It was actually good. I, I, I've i had a, quite a few meetings and it was, I mean, I, I, I mean, he was telling me the story about, because I thought it was melanated meter uh, as one at one point, and it was like, I think it's mule native, it's like named after his grandmother as well. Um, so it was actually, it was a, for for his first time being there, I think he, he had a strong outing for sure. Mm. Yeah, his name's Ren Hayes. He goes by um, the Black Bearded Nerd. Um, mm-hmm. he's done a bunch, bunch of the group. So he started his own meadery. Um, uh, he's secretly been in the lab perfecting his stuff. And, you know, I know, I think me, Mac and Sizzle all kind of like, just like was giving him like quick jabs. Like, Hey man, you best be pouring next year. You best be pouring next year. So to see him, see him there today. Well, this year, um, was, was really, really dope. And like, even like for me, like with Sheldon, you know, being with us from the DMV, like it's very exciting to see people know that Barrel and Flow is like the festival that I need to be pouring at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I recognize, I think it's like, is it Ronaldo? That's his full name. Yeah. 
but I remember, yeah, I remember uh, he was he was pouring at the bottle shed. So I tried his uh, mead at the bottle shed as well because he was going around uh, pouring up. So that was cool. Um, anybody else want to take a stab at that question? As far as to, are we playing it safe? Or are you trying to be uh, extended um, and expected? So we brought four. And for us, it's kind of like all phases. I have a little bit of everything for everybody, right? So like there are there are some elderly folks that were there that just wanted something light and easy, and that's that's the cream ale. If they want a little bit of hop, then, you know, the African Queen or Seven Seas. If someone is strictly on hazies, we had our collaboration hazy there. And then for, for us, when we try to do the um, Barrel and Flow collaborations, we definitely try to make it something – wild and different from each and every year so like you know last year was amber with the yams high gravity you know and now we did a passion fruit pale ale five percent easy drinking but just a weird blend of two spectrums of flavors and just made sure they were super balanced um so it's kind of like we're, we're playing it safe but we're also going extra hard as well too it just depends on you as a consumer what do you want to try Um, I'm gonna probably say yes. Uh, make the make the assumption that it's a yes for Mac because I did, wasn't expecting uh, the collab to be partnering with a distillery. That was very different. But that was two of my two of my happy places is uh, spirits and beer. So that was pretty cool seeing that. I had to drop him off, but of course we were partnered with a distillery with the high ABVs. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that, I don't think anybody, I don't think any of the black collaborators or brewers play it safe at Barrel and Flow. Um, I think if anything, it's pushing the people we collab with. Um, just because I remember last year, the conversation during the collab, one of the collabs we did um, with Human Robot, you know, they were, they were all excited about what to do. And then there's like, yeah, we can definitely do this. We can do a, you know, golden oatmeal stout. And I said, well, what's the ABV on that? There's like, we could probably get it like six. I'm like, no, minimum 10. And they were like, I don't know if we can do that. So for me, I think it's more so pushing the flavors and the boundaries of the brewery, the, the larger breweries that we partner with. I think the creativity comes from us. One of the things about Barrel and Flow is even if you don't drink beer, I've told people first timers, you'll find something here because all the beers are super flavorful. It's not like other beer festivals where everything kind of tastes the same. Everything is very, very different. So I think we are the ones who bring the creativity to the people we partner with. That's a great point. So um, with that, with you going back to the well as far as because you're not necessarily doing it with the same <clears throat> with the same brewery uh do you feel like now there is a clear plan as far as discussions and your voice being heard when you're doing this doing these collaborations do you feel like the, as far as um after the collaboration is done you know, talking today or talking to, hey, you know, my assumption is they're asking y'all, how how did everything go? What are some things that we can improve on? 
if that if that is so, has that benefited or you see improvement with the collaborations with them listening to what you have to say? I think with the expectation of the collaborations, it's already put there very clear with, you know, Day and the team. Um, and I think for him, like, even, like, the people I collaborated with, um, I believe, like, they have applied before and they were denied because of the ownership at the time. And it, he was not, like they weren't like, I guess, I don't want to say they were racist. So I don't want to give like that wrong information, but they and them did not accept them for a reason. And I reached out to Day and asked from the head cider makers, uh, he really wanted to do this collaboration. And I asked like, hey, can they're under new ownership now. It's like, can I do this collab with Threadbare? I was like, they really want to be in it. You know, I kind of pitched for coming from me knowing the cider maker and some people from his team and giving them that opportunity opposed to the ownership uh, of them. And then they, like I said, this year, they're under a new owner, the owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I'm hoping to kind of push that even more next year where, no, let them give us some of their money you know, and possibly become a sponsor next year. Um, because they, uh, from what I was told from this, uh, the, from Brian, the head signer maker is that these are some things the team has been wanting to do for years, but the old ownership wasn't, didn't want to do any of this stuff. And so, uh, looking forward to possibly, you know, expanding that possibly like, you know, bigger for Bear Own Flow as a partnership with, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, that'd be nice. I know who I can't think of who mentioned it, but I thought it was a great idea at the hotel. I think it might have been you, Andrew, that we were talking um, about having like one or two of the beers that you know, collaboration or what have you, to have it readily available at the hotel that we're at. Yeah, so I had this conversation with multiple people, and you were the first one, Angie. Even was able to put in um, Ed and Day's ear as well, too, also in, in the hotel. Um, I What was it? Friday night? Um, Mac and myself went out to go get something to eat, and it was like a, like a 24-hour pizza joint, but they actually had like 12 draft lines in there. And we were talking to, you know, the bartender was like, hey, have you heard of Barrel and Flow? And he was like, no, what's that? And he's a white man. And we told him what it was. And it's like, you know, it's this weekend. It's right down the street from here. Um, everybody is staying in a hotel, like literally two blocks from here. Like, you know, could, would you be interested in doing something next year to bring either the collaboration beers or just bring a couple breweries on draft just in general? So your patrons, the city, and also us, we have places to go and just support the draft lines. And even talking to um, the gentleman's name is Ron. He's the beverage director at, at the hotel, um, black guy. And he was like, he'd be totally down for it. It's just a matter of just making it work. And also for us being 
out-of-town breweries having to deal with the uh, getting the beer to the distributor on time and all that stuff behind behind the scenes stuff. But it's like it should have been no question, you know, if the after party was at the bar and all those draft lines could have been black owned draft lines or even just things just around the city. Yeah, I think that's a great idea and a great concept, especially at our hotel, because we spend we could spend so much more money there because they had a cash bar. But I was like, I don't want that. <laughs> but if I ha- if I was able to, you know, to pull up and get a collaboration beer or even, hey, th- you know, Funky Town just happened to have all they had, like, he had a whole pallet of beer that he had to take home with him. And I was very sad because I could not help him uh, take some off of him. But stuff like that. No, we, we helped him out. Don't worry about it. I want the help. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. We got you. So, yeah, I think that's a, a wonderful, amazing idea to even have that, have that day party. That that was one of the first concepts of, uh, outside of the dating thing because a lot of people come in on Friday before the bottle share. I'm saying like 12, 1, 1, maybe 2, day party with day. You're, have, you're at a brewery that has two or three of the uh, collabs or uh, something that the, you know, an additional, because uh, Smithex always, he always usually has about three or four different collabs when he comes into the city. Um, have something extra like that. Have some good music. Then, you know, depending on if you're 40 or better, you probably want to take a little nap for the <laughs> get ready for the bottle chair. So, yeah. Um, well, we're almost an hour, almost at our uh, time, but I wanted to pose one last question. And this is for every, anyone who wants to answer. I would like dot, dot, dot next year. This would be cool if we had dot, dot, dot next year. Something that I'd like to see back from 2019, because 2019 uh, Drinking Partners had their podcast recording, not on Friday, but on Saturday. And it was on Saturday during the VIP section, which then, of course, gave time for the brewers and everyone to get set up and do all their things. And we were having a wonderful discussion with Garrett Oliver. I would love for any podcast uh, to kind of have a live kind of event during that time. It would just kind of give, we'd have food like we did, uh, like we do every year. And it would just kind of be a special event then that to give all of the other uh, brewers and, and uh, everyone else to get a chance to, to set up. So I'd love to see something return there. I know days day and end are probably very, very busy on Saturday, and so he wouldn't have a time to really do it again, but I'd love to see it again. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I would like to see dot, dot, dot next year. Uh, I got one thing. It's not, it's not really major, but I had already told... Uh, uh, Ed, I was like, I need more, more dump buckets because I, I need where to place that. So I don't get two 
too inebriated. Mm -hmm. I need somewhere to dump this uh, liquid so I can try as many things as I can. Yeah, and I, I think that I was, uh, I can kind of agree with you on that because I had something in my hand. It wasn't a lot. And then I said, oh, I'm going to go back. And I never made it back. Uh, the cigar lounge is what was my kryptonite. So I don't know how long I was over there. 